What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. We have a fun one for you guys because it is a guest episode and it is our first guy ever on the show. Yeah, so first guy, he actually knows our very first guest that we had on the show, Sarah, which I think is a really funny full circle moment, but we talked with Jacob Wittenberg. You might also know him as Jake Brewer, kind of goes by both, Um, and we just had a conversation. He's like the, what's that commercial, like the most interesting man in the world? You, (laughs) You know that like meme? I feel like he, if that were to be a real person, it would be him. He just does so many things, and I feel like he does everything super super well so we talked to him about his media company friendly media we talked to him about his podcast we talked to him about his music career it was a really great conversation so definitely stick around for the main part of our episode where we chat with him yeah I think this is one of my favorite guest episodes we've ever done he's so great and yeah excited for you guys to listen but before we do that let's hop into our segments So before we get into the weekend reviews that Anya and I planned to talk about, I think we should acknowledge that literally as we speak, as we're recording this, um, protesters are storming the U.S. Capitol building. Uh, It's very, very scary. I shouldn't call them protesters. I think I was watching ABC News and they called them anarchists. And I truly think that's like the better way to phrase what's going on right now. Um, But yeah, so that's happening. We have, like I said, we've been recording, so we haven't gotten any, you know, current updates, but it's definitely a really, really sad day, I think, and a really um, discouraging thing to be witnessing. So if you're feeling really discouraged and really scared and things like that, you're not alone. We feel you. We're always, you know, our DMs are always open to talk and hopefully things settle down. I don't. It's one of those things I was chatting with a mentor earlier and I was like, I'm just speechless. I don't even know what to, what to say anymore at this point. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but I think it's good just to acknowledge that it's happening like literally right now. So yeah. if there's any major updates after the fact, like I really, really, really sincerely hope there aren't. But yeah, if we're not acknowledging them, that's that's why it's um yeah. happening live. But now to get into a little bit more lighthearted, the weekend reviews that we had planned. I am back to work now. So if you guys have been following along, I've had the past couple weeks off to relax for the holidays, use all that good, good PTO. But we're back on the grind now. And I feel like I had a lot, like I had like the scariest Sunday scaries ever this past week because I just feel like there's so little to look forward to in like January on. Like there's so long, at least around us, that it's like super cold. And like, I do like this idea of like a fresh start, but also like now everyone has to really be on their grind at work, like new goals, new KPIs, like there's just all sorts of stuff going on. So I'm a little anxious about that, but uh, I think that's just how everyone feels going into the new year. Like it's a little bit of a rough adjustment from the relaxation that you had, um, but I'm excited to start new goals, both like personally and professionally. And I wanted to tell this funny story because I just thought it was interesting. But basically what happened was, New Year's Eve, um, Grant and I just went to the cabin, which is like an hour and 15 minutes away. And we just like spent the night there and played board games and whatever. So he picked me up to go to the cabin and we're driving out of my neighborhood and I like see these kids and I'm kind of like, they're playing basketball, like a little recklessly. Like they're like a little close to the road right now. Like they should be careful. I was like thinking that from a distance. And then as we approached, there was just like the perfect like symbiosis of things to happen. 
that we ran over their basketball and popped it. <laughs> and I felt so bad. I mean, they weren't like super young kids. They were probably like in middle school, but I just felt so bad for them. And I was like literally Googling, like ordering um, a new ball in the car just because I was like, that's so sad. Like I would, I bet they, I hope they have another one. Like, I don't know. So that was, it was kind of funny, but it was also just kind of like, damn, I feel bad. And then a couple days later, I was going on a walk in my neighborhood. And what do I spot down in the woods? A basketball. So I ran down there and I got it and I brought it to their house, to the house where we popped the ball from. And I left it there. So I felt like that was like kind of like, I don't know, to end 2020 with like <laughs> the destruction of the ball and then to start 2021 with like, the inception of this new ball that I was able to deliver. I just thought it was like, I, I thought it was like a good universe moment. So I just wanted to share, but how weird is that? <laughs> that is really weird. I also feel like people are going to listen and be like, it's a basketball. It's not that deep. <laughs> I know, but I'm just trying to, no, but that's, gotta... that's a beautiful way to look at it. So my weekend review comes with a question. So a friend of mine who watches The Bachelor, as do I, was like, you should talk about the Bachelor when it's on at the beginning of every episode, just give like a little recap of how things are going. Now, Anya does not watch The Bachelor, so I'm running solo. So I'm curious if you guys would care at all to hear, maybe have my weekend reviews during the season just be about, you know, little updates what I think about the season. But to kick it off, if that is something you guys are interested, Matt James is our Bachelor. He's the first Black Bachelor and he is like a fine wine I'll tell you not (laughs) bad to look at in the slightest and yeah I think a lot of people are really excited uh obviously number one because he's the first black bachelor and it's like it's been 30 years like what took you so long and also he just seems really like grounded and like humbled by the fact Mm. that he's like taking on this role and seems to take the role very seriously so I think that was really refreshing but my current favorite girls this is apparently the like highest number of girls that they've had they normally have like 30 ish and I'm not sure how many there are this season but like a lot of girls there it's gonna be an interesting season uh my current favorites are Abigail who got the first impression rose and she is also deaf she has a cochlear implant and when she takes out the implant she can't hear anything at all um which I just I think she's the first deaf contestant too so I'm like ABC really was like, we got to check all these boxes and just diversify this cast real quick. But yeah, she seems like a super, super sweetheart. And I think it was really cool to see a deaf person be kind of thrusted into the spot like like that. Because I probably mentioned I took ASL in college. And I know that a lot of the times um, the deaf community feels, for lack of a better term, unheard. Because they can't Mm. actually hear. They end up getting very um, ignored, which is sucky so I think it's really cool to see that representation um in the mainstream like that and then I also like Mari I like Rachel and I like Maggie Maggie is from Ethiopia and she came to the states to study pharmacology and become a pharmacist I'm like work it sister I think she's low-key too good for like the bachelor franchise I'm like you Mm. seem like a genuinely awesome person (laughs) and you're (laughs) what are you doing yeah you need to be like I'm not trying to say that people who go on the bachelor aren't awesome but I feel like there is a threshold of like, you're too good for this. Like, yeah, you don't want to be known as the person from The Bachelor. Like you have like actual legitimate talents that should be at the forefront of your resume, so to speak. Mm. Um, And then also a girl, I don't know if you know her, Anya, but Kit Keenan, who is like an influencer. And mm. she's friends with um Brooke Michio, who we had on the show, if you haven't listened to that episode. But this is how I found out that she was on 
The Bachelor because I didn't watch it in real time. And so, yeah, she's a contestant and she seems to be a controversial one. Mm. I listened to a few podcasts and people don't seem to like her, which is interesting because I followed her on Instagram and she seems, seems fine to me. She seems like a nice girl living in New York City. Her mom's Cynthia Rowley, who's a clothing designer. So I don't oh, know. we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's that's my Bachelor recap for y'all. Uh, one girl did show up with a dildo. So that was something that happened. And she did tap someone on the shoulder with the dildo. Interesting. I feel so, like every time I hear more about The Bachelor, it just solidifies why I don't watch it. It's like... I know it's like purposely trashy. Like yeah. I know that's the type of TV yeah. it is. But. Yeah. Like I'm not walking away every Monday night a better person. I recognize this. <laughs> But Sometimes it just is giving that, me though. validation. I'm like, at least I haven't like gotten to like, I'm just going to go on the bachelor level breakdown. I'm close. Do not get me wrong. I'm very close. But I haven't gotten there yet. And that says something. But yeah, I guess we can post a poll on Instagram maybe to see if you guys yeah. want a, like a bachelor specific segment. And if you do, maybe we could even put it like at the very end of the episode. So those that like oh, yeah. are into it can like stick around. Yeah, I like that idea. All right, let's move into our favorites. So my favorite for this week is, I guess, a a process, you might say. Um, But I finally went through the practice of making a vision board for the new year. And I feel like I never really did this before. Like, I remember we did that dance with our our dance teacher. Sandy was a life coach, so she did activities and stuff with us. And I remember doing it then off of, like, magazines. But I just always found it hard to do with magazines because you couldn't, like, curate it to, like, stuff you actually wanted. Like, you were kind of limited by the selection. So I actually made a digital one and I made a little TikTok about it. So if you want all the details, um, we'll put that in the description, but it's pretty simple. I just went on Pinterest and I made a board of all the pictures that I wanted. And I kind of um, had some that like related directly to my goals, some things that I just really liked the aesthetic of and um, just kind of a collection of photos that I enjoyed and quotes and things. And then I downloaded them all into Canva because Canva actually has like a computer background size dimension thing for you. So um, I put them all together and it's been really nice. I made it my background and it's actually a little overwhelming because I have three monitors. So it's like when I wake up in the morning and log into work, it's like my vision board is like triple in front of me, but I think it'll be good to see it every day. And if nothing else, it's just a really cute, like customized background. So I highly recommend that you guys do it for the new year as well. Yeah, I followed in your footsteps and I made one myself and I actually made a miniature version to make my phone background so that I I, I yeah, I think people do that. I need yeah. to do that. I like it a lot. I kind of just like took the section of the bigger one that I liked the most and rearranged it to fit the um to fit the iPhone screen. But yeah, I definitely recommend. I love looking at it. If anything, right now I'm just like this is so pretty to look at and I love it, but I tried to put quotes on there that I hope the more I read, the more I actually start to believe. Uh, so we'll see. We can give a little vision board update of what did, what did we accomplish that we put on our vision board at the end of the year? That could be fun. Mm-hmm. So for my favorite, I'm coming back at you with another recipe, folks. I tried to make barbecue pulled jackfruit at home. I've had it at restaurants before, but I never had tried to make it in person or on my own. Uh, for those of you, <laughs> I don't know why I said in person, um, but for those of you that aren't vegetarian, uh, barbecue jackfruit, jackfruit is just like, a, it's just a fruit, right? Yeah. It's just a plant. I, I mean, I think so. It, yeah. It's just a plant, but for whatever reason, when you cut it up and like shred it, it looks a lot like pulled pork. So someone along the line said, well, if we just put a bunch of barbecue sauce on it, then it looks, then it's pulled pork. So that's what I did. I just put a bunch of barbecue sauce on it, shred it, cooked it up a little bit. I can link the recipe that I used 
Bilal, which from Minimalist Baker, which I know Rohini uses a lot. Rohini at least loves Minimalist Baker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was really good. I made like a pulled pork sandwich, pulled pork in quotation marks because no meat was involved in this. And it was honestly really easy to do, especially if you buy like the can of jackfruit from Trader that Joe's. Was, yeah, that was my question. Like what form, like did you buy like a jackfruit? Like <laughs> No, I would not know what to do with the whole jackfruit, but Trader Joe's knows what to do. And they put Mm -hmm. it in a can, and I took that home with me. And I opened it, and it was nice and cut. And then as you cook it, it really, really softens, and it literally shreds exactly like meat. It's, like, weird Cool. how much it looks like meat. But, yeah, definitely I'll link it below. Check it out. You know, I have my one new recipe every time I grocery yeah. shop goal. So maybe that'll be my next one. My first one went yeah. pretty well, I must say. So I'm feeling good about it. Nice. All right. Let's move into the main episode topic. You guys are going to love this interview. I just know it. All right. So moving into our main segment of the episode, we are here with Jake. Uh, Jake Brewer, Jacob Wittenberg. You might know him as all of the above, Uh, (laughs) but he is the founder of Friendly Media. He is a fellow podcast host and he is a singer, songwriter, and recent college grad. So you're really just everything all at once. Yeah, that was uh, exactly my thought when I was doing some creeping prior to the episode to like figure out what kind of questions we wanted to ask. I was like, damn, this guy really does it all. So we're curious to kind of dive in and get a little insight about how you balance everything. But first of all, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm I'm great. You reminded me of so many things that I do and I got really excited to talk about it. Because <laughs> it, it's like, it's funny how, I don't know, graduating college and sort of following your own creative projects, especially right now, there's just so many, like I'm never fully confident in what I'm doing just because there's so many things that I am so passionate about and I feel obligated to pick one thing at this point in my life. And so, I don't know, I'm really excited to talk to you both today because I can tell that you're interested and I have talked the ear off of everybody else in my life. <laughs> so I'm really excited to share all, everything with you today. Yeah, awesome. And I know that our listeners are going to be super interested too. So can you just kind of introduce yourself, give a little bit of insight into what you're up to now, and uh, then we'll dive a little more into your background? Yeah, yeah. I, I will give you the short version because I could talk forever and I truly mean that like I'm really not just saying that um but essentially yeah so I just graduated from Boston University I was a public relations major that took a long time to get to I studied business a little bit a little bit of political science stuff I'm the most indecisive person you'll probably ever meet which is also why I tried to have a music career. And depending on how you feel about that music, you, I could say I'm still trying to, but um, that's that's awkward. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm working through that. But then also Friendly is my sort of huge sort of project right now because I think the culmination of the past few years of my life have been this epiphany of I just love making other people feel unapologetic about what they do, like how specific people in my life made me feel. And so that's really just the initiative and the mission behind Friendly. It's a very much evolving organization. And if you asked me this question a year ago, I would have described it completely differently. But right now, it's essentially just a talent management group. And so we are just reaching out to different people who are facing this really common barrier for young people and specifically with my experience, the music industry of it's so hard to break through without 
some sort of representation or some sort of support because the skill set is developed over time. But when nobody's giving you a chance to develop that skill set, it's really, really difficult and it can almost be dissuading to your own pursuit of your passion. And so Friendly is really just a creative support group, I guess, <laughs> but it's really cool because I have people who are passionate about talent management. I have people who are passionate about entertainment law that just want to get behind this. And it's the perfect starting point for so many young people and where we may lack in experience, we just totally make up for in passion and just the ability to be flexible and take on seriously whatever, because we just want something to work on. And it's this really like almost, not to sound too cliche, but like magical feeling at this point. And I feel like I'm able to give a lot or at least as much as I can with the current stage of where I am to other young artists. And it's just, it re-energizes you at the same point. So long story short, I'm an incredibly indecisive person. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I've recently thought I was going to run for Congress one day. I'm kind of feeling that vibe um, lately, uh, but uh, not not soon. Don't worry, nobody. You're not, no, don't worry. I'm not there yet. I know that I'm not there yet. But um, there's just so many things that I'm passionate about, and really the focus of my life right now is just recognizing that I don't have a focus. Yeah, well, I love that, um, and I wish that all of you guys could be seeing Jacob on video right now like we are because I feel like when you were talking about friendly like the way that your eyes lit up and like your whole expression changed like you can tell you're so passionate about it so I'm excited that we're going to be able to talk a little bit more about that further on in the episode um and I did some creeping I have deduced that you're from California is that correct yeah um <laughs> yeah you could say I'm also my family's just like the most nomadic family there may be um I counted actually recently because going back to school you know you have to think of like the fun fact I was like petrified of that moment even mm -hmm. though I'm a very extroverted person for some reason that just like scares the bejesus out of me but my fun fact was like I've currently right now I live at like the 22nd address I think I've ever lived at in my life and I'm literally 22 oh so <laughs> moved around like quite a bit um but I was born in Texas I mostly grew up in Seattle I uh, moved to California again. I came out to Boston because I was like, I need to get away. I lived in New York for a while and then I came back to Boston. I was abroad in Australia. Long story short, you can say I'm from California. You could say I'm from Washington, wherever, whatever you vibe with. Wow. That is insane. 22 addresses in 22 years. I cannot fathom. But um, what made you choose Boston? So I don't know if we've mentioned this, but Jacob went to BU. Boston University, and I am a Northeastern grad, so we have a little bit Ooh. of beef between us, I suppose. <laughs> we can um, set it aside <laughs> for now. I don't I'm know. like over in Worcester, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, tell us why you picked Boston for school and maybe like why BU specifically. Yeah. Um, well, you could not get much further from home than Boston, which is why I came here. Um, not for, not for, not for a bad reason, but really I just, I'd moved around so much. And as a result of my parents or their job or some other reason, and I was like, I want to make a decision on my own. And the only way that's going to be fulfilling enough is if it's as bold as being like, there's no family around here. I know absolutely nobody around here. The, um, my original intention was to go to New York and I toured a bunch of schools there and I tried really hard to like it. Um, but I think Boston just reminded me so much of the places that I grew up that um, I was like, oh, this is similar enough to make it feel like home right off the bat. 
but also just enough of a clean landscape to build my own sort of path. And so that was the kind of the dream. And I'm really glad um, I spent my years here. I just feel like this is, I mean, we're all probably a little biased, but I think this is one of the best areas to just spend your college years. Yeah, definitely. Um, Couldn't say it better. And are you in Boston right now? Yeah, I just signed my first adult lease. Yep. In Boston. So yeah, it was really fun to pay rent for the first time. (laughs) And then when it happened like again, it didn't feel as good. And then when it happened again, it just was not enjoyable anymore. So we're learning a lot. You're catching me at a very interesting point in my life. (laughs) Well, Boston has all of those really fun upfront fees, which obviously every city does. But in Boston, it's like pretty insane. It's like three months security deposit, broker's fee. Like it's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. No matter how hard you try to just be prepared. And I don't know. I'm happy though. I like being in my own sort of space. And I bought this plant at Ikea, so I'm really stoked about it. Um, I went to Ikea the other day to buy a lamp. I came back with a kitchen table, a plant. a I did buy the lamp, actually, which is rare for me to actually buy what I went to go there for. Um, and I bought a bar cart, and I bought throw pillows. So I, I don't know. I've also been watching a lot of HGTV lately, so maybe home reno is a future for me. Yeah, yeah, in the cards. Yeah, goes to Ikea once. but <laughs> You sound like me at Target. I'm like, I came here for soap and I have a new wardrobe. How did this happen? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I need deodorant. And then you're like, oh, now I have like a a blow up pool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I need the whole Magnolia home collection actually. Yeah. Chip and Joanna Gaines. They know how to do it. There's always a new book out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always. Um, So diving a bit more into your background in um, college, you just graduated. You are a December graduate. And we're wondering kind of how you're feeling about it. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you glad to be done? Yeah, um, I think I think I'm I think I'm processing that still because about a year ago when I told my friends like, hey, I'm gonna graduate early, and they were like, Why? And I was like, I I'm just I was at that point. I like sincerely loved every single second I was at BU and Truthfully, I think I milked all the resources out of BU possible while I was paying tuition there. Um, like I said, I'm still paying tuition there. But um, while I was like on campus, I think I really got um, just so much out of it more than I ever anticipated. And I think I was just really eager to kind of start my life because it started getting to that point where like, okay, I'm taking classes just to take classes and it's working around kind of what I'm really passionate about. Um, with like the work that I was doing. Uh, I do a couple of freelance and contract jobs with nonprofits, which is a huge passion of mine. And so I started doing that. And I was like, that's just kind of almost getting in the way. And I was like, I'm going to graduate early. And when people laughed at me then, now people are like, I wish I graduated early because this, the online environment's not fulfilling for a lot of people. And so it's also just very difficult to get a job right now, which is part of the reason why I did also graduate early because people had said, oh, the job market's easier in January because you're not competing against all the other grads. Um, And I thought it would be so much more clean cut. Like maybe a year ago, I thought I'd be in New York by now. I thought I'd be back at the agency that I interned at and I'm at a complete 180. Um, So I don't know. I, I think I'm still processing it and I put a lot of pressure on myself to make up my mind quick. Because for some reason, I feel like I don't have a lot of time left. I'm literally 22. I'm going to be working for a very long, very, very, very long time. (laughs) Um, But I'm just, I think I'm just eager to get where I'm meant to be. 
Um, but I'm just, I remind myself every day, you gotta, you gotta enjoy the hardships along the way. And, um, I'm also just a, a dreamer and I like to make things happen that nobody else thinks I can make happen. Um, and of course that just didn't really happen. Um, this time around. So I'm just kind of working through that, but I'm, I'm really, really happy with where I am. I am incredibly fortunate with where I am and I have zero complaints. Yeah. I think a lot of the emotions that you expressed about graduating, we can definitely relate to um, having been May grads of 2020, 2020 grads got to stick together. Um, And to your point of like, not everyone jives with online school super well. I know that BU did like what they called a hybrid model. Is that right? Yeah. So I was uh, curious to ask about your pandemic semester experience, because I think a lot of our listeners are in school and maybe could relate. (laughs) Yeah, it was, um, it it was tough. Well, here, I'll tell you this too. So the last half of the spring semester, um, I spent like at my parents' house. And so that was in California. And so I was taking classes at like six o'clock in the morning. So I was like, I was not into it at all. And then so when I got back here, I was like, even I'm just in the same time zone. I'm going to be happy about online classes. It didn't take a lot that long to wear off. I did go to like one or two in-person classes and it was just, it was almost awkward. Like I almost forgot <laughs> how to be in that environment for some reason. Um, but also it actually just made things a lot easier um, to kind of pack my days and feel productive. I for sure did way more outside of class than I did in this past semester. And I think that actually really eased the transition out of it because my huge sort of project last semester was I anchored our gigantic like election broadcast. It was like a weeks long program. I consumed so much media and so much stats and data over the course of like a month that I really thought my brain was going to explode. And so like that was a huge project that just kind of made classes just be the accompaniment to that. And so um, it just, it was weird. It was like, why is, why is my life school right now? But that's just not what I really spend my life doing. Um, And so I think it's easier if like, like if you have like other sort of like things going on to almost distract you from classes not being as fulfilling. Um, But it's really just different from, for everyone. Like I, it would be even hard to like relate to my friends because they're like, they're in just a different situation or it would be tough because it's like, we depend so much on like seeing like people and like the, just like the sidewalk. And when I just wasn't even getting that vitamin, okay, oh, I'm really about to embarrass myself. Is it C with the sun? D. Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Mm. E. No, D. Oh, I was like, I don't even know if vitamin E was a thing. <laughs> um, vitamin D. Getting like the vitamin D just wasn't there. Um, so I don't know. That was was not the origin of your question where I ended up going with that. But it was like the little, it was little things. Long story short, everyone's still struggling with it. Everyone's still adapting to it. It doesn't matter how long it goes on. It's always going to be weird. Yeah. For sure. I'm in um, my first semester of law school right now, or actually I'm done with my first semester of law school. My brain like can't. Congratulations. That's huge. Yeah, it definitely was an uphill battle, but I completely understand just like you don't feel like a student, but at the same time you're doing everything that a student is doing that you're like, I, this is, I'm living in this weird like middle ground of what the hell is happening and what am I doing and what's going on? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I can also say I actually did online school the last two years of high school because I had moved and I didn't want to like 
start over like my senior or just about at my senior year. Um, so I was like, oh, I did. And I did a bunch of like traveling back then, which was awesome at the time. Um, Cause I literally just had to have Wi-Fi to do class. And so I maybe spent two, three hours a day on school and then just lived like uh, probably the best, some of the best years of my life um, at that point. And so it was very much just like a back, back to what I once knew. Um, and I even was working a couple jobs remotely. So I already had zoom downloaded before everything and so I will say I feel like I have a very different like perception because I kind of I had the learning curve of online learning a couple years back in my life so it was like a it's a weird return to high school especially because I was in my parents house too I really felt like it like I don't know three four years were just a blur yeah yeah I think we all felt ourselves regressing during like March (laughs) April like back to those high school habits yeah um you mentioned earlier that it was kind of a journey to arrive at the major that you did. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's a topic that comes up on our show a lot is kind of like having to decide your life path so early and feeling like it was such a, a final thing. So curious, like how you navigated all of that. Yeah. Um, well, get ready for the biggest joke of, of the night. Um, I thought I was going to go pre-med <laughs> when I first started. Um Actually, I wanted to be a pediatrician for a very long time. My my the rest of my family is in healthcare. Um, quite literally, I'm very much like the odd one out when we all get together every once in a while. It's usually about once a year now. Um, not even this year too. So I kind of lucked out. I'm always like the the odd one out. Um, I'm also the only son too. So uh, it's just yeah, it's a lot. But anyway, um, no, I went pre med, and then I actually was. An un, actually declared being undeclared. It was weird for some reason. Um, again, most indecisive person ever. But um, and then I went to, I think it was journalism. Um, at one point because I really like liked one class that I took, and then I ended up at PR because somebody asked me like, "Oh, Jacob, like, do you like do you like writing?" And I was like, "No, I could not write the rest of my life." And they were like, then why are you a journalism student? And I was like, that's a great question. So the <laughs> next day I changed my major um, and there was PR. And then I was like, oh, you know, I don't really like the like traditional like PR, like setting agency, like work in terms of PR is for a very specific type of person. And I applaud those people tremendously. I'm just not that kind of person. Um, so I added on a business minor and then I took too many classes of the business minor before I was like, this isn't really my thing, but I was like, well, I'm over halfway there. And it already brought down my GPA anyway, so let's just like, finish <laughs> it. And then the year 2020 happened and I was like, whoa, I remember how much I loved these first few introductory political science classes I took freshman year. And I was like, boom, well, let's just finish it up with a focus in political science. And so again, I really still haven't made up my mind because I don't know what I like still, but um, I feel like I got a very much full circle education when in school. So again, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's just where we're at. I mean, if it makes you feel any less alone, I toured schools as a nursing major and same as you, it's kind of like my brother's a physical therapist and I'm a first generation college student. So I was like, neat, like we'll keep this medicine thing going. It'll be great. And then I took yeah. one week of anatomy in high school and I was like, never mind, never mind. Uh-uh. It's really fine. Uh, and then I landed on an education major and I was like, actually, I don't want to work with kids every day of my life. And I somehow ended up with English writing and mass 
communications, which I am the opposite of you in the sense that I do like writing and I could see myself writing a lot, but somehow and I we need people school. like that too. So amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. No, I, and I think a lot of people have that story too. And um, yeah. I'll get DMS every once in a while for people who are prospective BU students and they'll be like, Oh, like, how do you like decide? And I was like, you don't really like ever <laughs> until like the last second. And nobody yeah. says that enough. Like, yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. So it's funny that we like paralleled each other almost because I think there is this like conversation and stigma almost that, you know, you have to have it all figured out. And I think the beauty is in the journey and fate. And, you know, once you have it figured out, then it's just over and you do it for the rest oh, of your for life. Sure. And there's something sure. really fun about not knowing. And I really wish somebody would have said those exact words to me when I was moving in in 2017. Let's let's talk more about Friendly. Let's dive in. So you gave us a little bit of an overview in the introduction, but um, I noticed that you call Friendly the place for young creatives. So can you talk a little bit more about Friendly and kind of your vision for Friendly's mission, um, kind of the founding of it all? Yeah. Um, years ago, Friendly started as a completely different organization. Um, and it came from the sort of problem that is far too common of to get work experience, you need work experience. And I was struggling really bad with finding my first sort of internship. And I realized, well, there's so many people with different sort of passions. Like what if I removed the barrier to an, like a prereq for working and we all just came together and did our own thing. And then that became our prereq for something. And if we like do enough, nobody's going to question that. Like it was almost trying to hack the system, <laughs> but I ended up loving the work that I did because it was, it started as a magazine, I think. And it was under a different name. It was called New Heights back then. Um, and it was essentially just like showcasing different young people with creative passions, um, whether that was actually publishing them or just showing like, oh, the person publishing this is a young person with a creative passion. And so we held like a conference in Boston and there was like, hundreds of people there. It was like the most stressful day of my life um, because I grossly underestimated my, or over, overestimated my capability. Wait, overestimate? You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't, yeah. Anyway. Um, and it, but it was so much fun because I had adults there who were telling me like, oh, like I loved this one thing. Like, and it was like somebody might, like they were learning from other people like my age. And I was like, this is, this is crazy. And then I went abroad and it kind of fell out of, out of line just because it's very hard to manage a group of people when you are in the exact opposite time zone. Um, so it kind of fell apart. And then when I got back, I was releasing another album myself and I was like, you know, it would be really, really useful. I was planning a tour then obviously that tour didn't happen because the year 2020, but I was planning a tour then and uh, it was it was really difficult because even though I had toured before, like venues were still saying like, oh, like we're looking for like this sort of like contact or the fact that I didn't have a manager, I didn't have a tour manager, I didn't have a publicist or anything. Uh, they were really hesitant about working with me, like even though I was very confident in myself and I had played all those roles before. So I was telling one of my friends about this and she was like, oh, I like, I want to do like entertainment law. Like, let me just be your manager. Like I need work experience. Like she's applying to law school soon. Um, she's like, I just need to like fill my resume up with stuff. And I was like, great. Just using her name got me further. Like, even if I was just using her email account and just using her name, even if it was the same email, 
it was getting me so much further. And so her roommate at the time then was like, wait, I really want to go into artist management and was like, I'm super passionate about this. Uh, let me be your manager. And I was like, okay. Like I had nothing, nothing to lose, only something to gain by having somebody work on this with me. And so from there, I just got like blown away by how much further I got because people treated me very differently when I had representation, even though my content wasn't different at all. Um, and it was almost very, it was really disheartening almost, um, but also very empowering to have other people with me at the same time. So I was like, you know, I really wish I had this resource years ago because I think I would have gotten a lot further. Um, and then I was like, wait, why don't like I get more people like involved with this? Because I released an album, tours canceled. I told them, okay, there's there's not going to be an album from me for like a while. Um, and so I was like, let me get somebody else in here for you to manage. And so now we're actually at the point where we're signing multiple acts who want to be managed by Friendly because we're not taking the cuts that a normal management group would. Um, but they also just know it they have like super innovative approaches. And so I had a friend of mine um, that I met years ago reach out and was like, hey, like Jacob, I really like the way you rolled out your music. I want to roll out music. I, can you just like do it for me somehow? And I was like, wait till I tell you about this project that I'm working on. <laughs> and so it's coming together in a really interesting way. And the podcast that I started was very much just to fill the time between works beginning to work with an artist and their actual release because I was like, I just need content for friendly. And it was also the word quarantine is so triggering right now, but I'm going to say it. Um, it was like my, my quarantine like project. Like I was stuck at my parents' house and I was like, I'm also very much a people person. You can't uh, even put that together. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I just want to talk to more people. Like how can I further the friendly sort of network from the comfort of my own home? And so it was like the podcast and it was something that I thought about maybe for like a day or two before I started. I did the whole season in just a couple of weeks and then I just sort of premiered it for the rest of the year. And so right now it's, it's kind of just this overarching umbrella of whatever I decide to do each day. Um, but it's also really exciting to have people involved who feel very validated by having people behind them. It's, it's like a weird thing that I, I feel like I really understand because it's, I've had this sort of experience multiple times, but like when you release something as creative and as vulnerable as music, or when you release a book, or when you start your own like entrepreneurial endeavor, whatever it may be, you have to like almost fake a confidence. And then people view that fake confidence as not needing to validate or talk about it to you for some reason. So like the like I still release music and it's like I still want to like throw up because I'm like, oh my God, people are gonna people are gonna know that I thought this was good. And then they're going to judge me for that. Whereas if just one person like said, Hey, like Jacob, I really liked this song. I'm going to listen to it a few times to support you. Um, get those couple pennies to help you pay your new rent. Like that sort of thing. Um, that just like means more than anything I just, I can describe. And so when it comes to these new artists, I'm like, I really just want to give them that sort of like hype and that sort of validation and that sort of just good feeling. So that's again very long winded answer. But that's where Friendly's at right now. And I'm just really, I'm really excited where it can go. And what's really fun right now is it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. It really just feels like something I would do just day to day anyway. 
That's awesome. Um, and speaking of giving you a couple of cents, I did put one of your Christmas songs on my Christmas playlist. Nice. So I wanted to let you know about that. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a really amazing passion project. That's just like a mishmash of everything you love. And um, to your point of like, it's hard to get an entry level job without experience. I think that's something that so many people realize when they're starting to apply for things. So I love that you like quote unquote, like hacked the system. Like, I think that's a really interesting way of doing it. And just the fact that you got so much more recognition with these kind of like formal kind of antiquated, like you need a manager to do this, but like why, but you're also giving people experience at the same time. It's like a really cool idea. Yeah. And it's weird too. Like every single interview, like job interview I've done since there was like, what is like friendly? They're like, I'm so confused, but so interested. And I give them the exact same, same spiel. And they're like, like, oh, like, okay. And I'm like, if I'm like, hopefully this proves that I, I just have no, there's, there's nothing that holds me back. Like when I have like an idea, like, it doesn't matter how feasible it is. Like, oh, we'll just, we'll just rock and roll with it. What's your Zodiac sign? Wait, okay. I'm not a Zodiac person. So you have to tell me kind of like, or what it means. Do you want to try to guess though? Cause I get the vibe you are. You can try to guess because oh. people have guessed it and they'll be like, it makes total sense. I don't know what that means, but. I kind of want to say Sagittarius. That's what I, I was like, thinking. Yeah, but I feel like I've been following you on Instagram and I would know if you had a birthday in December. That's fair. Mm, okay. Okay. Fair. I could see Sagittarius. Okay. I also get Leo. I don't know why. I don't Leo have any energy. explanation, I've but heard, I get I've a little Leo. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what either of those mean. Do you want me to tell you? Do you want one more guess? Because you're both smiling huge. Okay. Uh, No, I'm a Libra. Oh. Me too. That explains why you're indecisive. Because I'm also indecisive. Yeah? Yeah. That's a big Libra trait. Huge Libra trait. It is? Okay. Yeah. Great. We're also always looking for balance, which I think makes sense why you take on so much. Because if one thing isn't giving you everything, you just keep piling it on until you feel that balance. Yeah, so I'm like this is why we're fail. so like I feel like we have a ton in common, and I'm like now it makes sense. <laughs> okay, see, people are always like it makes sense. You're a Libra again. Okay, yeah. See, this I've already learned way more about. Um, I almost said astronomy. Uh, astrology. astrology. I always do that. Astrology. Too. Yeah. I would be interested. Yeah. You don't know your rising sign, do you? No, I don't know what okay. that means. We can yeah. figure it out right now. Yeah, though, we. I'm scared. <laughs> There's a whole birth chart situation. Yeah. We'll have to talk. We'll have to take it offline. But I'm curious yeah. what your rising sign is. We'll chat. Um, okay, I'm scared. getting <laughs> getting back on track about the podcast and friendly and everything. So, can you talk about how groundbreaking groundbreaking the podcast kind of like fits under the friendly umbrella? And also, how did you come up with the name? Because we love asking that question to people. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... Well, oh, the name Friendly came from a street. that I lived right next to Friendly Street in Australia. And so that was the inspo for that. I don't remember where the groundbreaking name came from. Um, I think I just like thought of it one day and I was like, oh, it can mean like, it can mean like, oh, like you're telling stories, like news stories or whatever. But then also like these people are groundbreaking and like their sense. And I was like, oh, double meaning six. So I think that's kind of where I got it from. Uh, but under, in terms of being under the friendly umbrella, the first season very specifically followed entrepreneurial people. Um, I interviewed people who started clothing lines, people who were authors, people who created like cooking brands and like was, were super innovative. Like I interviewed consultants who had their own like business, like younger than me. 
And it was a really very odd experience. And I mean odd in the best way possible because it started out being like, I just want to hear from people. But I ended up feeling so empowered myself from it. Um, And there was a very specific moment that stood out in the first season. I was interviewing um, a new friend of mine and she has her own consultant consultant business. And she said at one point, like, um, because we were talking about how she consults um, businesses who are run by people like much older than her. I was like, how do you manage that sort of like dynamic? Because typically that's like not how it works. And she just flat out answered. She's like, oh, no, I'm really good at what I do. And I was like, it was very weird to hear because we are so built to like say like, oh, like, oh, but I don't know a lot or like, oh, I'm still like just learning or it's just like a little side hobby. Like I'm not taking that seriously because that comforts us to tell other people that it's not our everything. Um, That she was like, no, people aren't going to take me seriously if I don't take myself seriously. Um, And I was like, I've heard people say that before, but it hit me for some, for some reason in a very sort of different way. And a couple of days after it premiered, um, I was literally making breakfast in the kitchen. And my mom goes, oh, my gosh. Like, And she like talked about a specific moment from like the first episode. and was like, this really hit me. And I was like, wow. Like, my mom, as somebody who's been like a PA for her whole life, had related to somebody my age who's in a totally different industry and something or that sparked something in her. And then like my aunt texted me and was like, I love this person on your show. Like I bought their product. I want to support it. Like it's everyone's Christmas gift this year. Um, and that, it amazed me how willing people also were to talk about their stories. Because again, what we want to do at the very get-go is fake this confidence and like fake the success. Because we want to be like, oh no, it's going great. Especially when you're doing like a podcast or an episode like this. Like I'll tell you right now, Friendly is, friendly is all over the place. Like if I can be transparent with that, we're just, we're literally taking it day by day. Um, I feel really good about the work we're doing, but I'm also not going to say it's the most successful project I've ever done yet. But um, that being said, uh, it just amazed me how transparent people were in talking about that. They'd be like, oh, day one, I made the worst mistake of my life. And it was very interesting to have people, most of them, this that being their very first interview where they've talked about something, but how willing they were just to spend an hour of their life, most of them balancing day jobs with their side hustle and also just trying to like do groceries and laundry at the same time. And I've learned very much lately how difficult that is, but it was very refreshing to know, Oh, there's so many people in the same boat as me. And even then they started listening to each other's episodes. And I was like, there is so much of a community that we can't even fathom behind this. Um, And it was, and it got to the point where then people were like, I know somebody who'd be great for your show and who should hear this story. And I, I don't know, it gives me chills still. Like it's literally just me talking to people that I, where, where I want to learn about them. Um, and so that's kind of where it came from. Part of the reason why I was like, ah, I have to do a whole nother season of it. Like it's no longer just this filler of time for me. It's literally the reason why I love what I do at this point. Um, and I just love hearing about different people and what they're working on and how, they've sort of embodied resilience and there's just so much to learn from so many different people. And I don't feel like those conversations happen enough. So if that's something I can sort of work towards and bring to people, then that's, that's all I need. So. I love your focus on entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship because um, I actually work at a nonprofit that helps startups. So it's like very much up my alley. 
Um, and it's definitely cool to talk to people about what they're so passionate about. And like, it really is in line with what you were saying earlier of like, just wanting to hype people up and like be that one person to encourage them to keep pursuing what they're doing, because it can be so hard to put yourself out there, especially like with startups, there can be like significant money involved up front. You don't know if it's a good idea or if you should pursue it. Um, so I love the focus of season one. And I'm wondering, is that also going to be the focus for season two of groundbreaking? How is that evolving? The big difference being I really just expanded. So we, like the intro of the show used to say like entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial people. That was not the term, um, but <laughs> entrepreneurial people. Uh, and I just expanded it's just to like anybody now because I was like, we're even at the point where like I'm limiting the number of people that can be on the show just if they have a business or not. Like that's not, that should not be the the caliber or the threshold where people need to be on the show. Like by, by no means, like there's so much to learn out there and there's like, everybody deserves somebody telling them that they're doing great um, because that just goes, that just goes so much further than you know. And you always think a lot more people are giving praise to people working hard than they actually do. And so it just goes, it goes such a long way that I'm really, really, really excited to continue it and have more great conversations. And like already my mind is just like blown and I'm so inspired to keep doing what I do because there's people who are just grateful for the, any sort of platform I can give them, which is crazy that I can help them at this point. Yeah. So I'm curious, especially because it sounds like you are so passionate about the podcast. If that's just, you said that it's kind of the filler between uh, when you're signing talent and when they're actually releasing stuff. But I'm curious if you would at all expand in the podcast realm and come up with other shows and things like that and even work with people within Friendly to um, produce more shows to have that as well with Friendly Media. Yeah, um, I have had people pitch shows to me at this point, which is, again, very crazy because I'm like, oh, if you want to like do it, like maybe, I don't know, if, if you guys want to, you can cut this part out, but maybe we saying like, it's actually a lot easier to start a podcast than you might think. <laughs> Um, no, we won't cut that out. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's it's hard work. Let's yeah. let's not forget that. But it was also a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's sure. it's low barrier to entry for sure compared yeah, to like absolutely. other types of content. Yeah, absolutely. So it, and it still surprises me when I'm like, oh, like you could just start one. But I'm like, wait, Jacob, that shouldn't be your initial response. Like people want to work with friendly for like a reason. Yeah. So you should actually probably appreciate that, which I do. And so note those conversations are happening slash will happen. Um, it's at a weird point. I have a very hard time letting go of things. And this is this is a project that's really challenging me with that and trusting other people to work under the friendly name, just because I feel like I need to protect whatever it is and protect the original vision. But the original vision was to bring in other people and their ideas and give them a platform to express themselves. So I just, I need to, I need to roll with that a little bit more. So no, I'm hoping I'm hoping to do that soon. Um, just because I the people who have ideas and stuff would be excellent podcast podcast hosts. So I also just selfishly want to hear their show. So <laughs> you and Kylie are sounding more and more similar when you're talking about like not wanting to let go of things and everything. <laughs> I'm like, am I looking like... in a mirror? <laughs> it's it's so it's difficult. It's really, really difficult for some reason. And I even suffered with that when I was like, okay, like I'm gonna have somebody else like pitch to a journalist on my behalf like I'm like really anxious and I'm like do I ask to like read it over first and I still do the people I work with I would love to hear their thoughts if I wasn't in the room 
um, because they'd probably be like, oh no, Jacob's crazy. Jacob's really good at what he does, but they would probably say like, oh no, he's a little, he's a little obsessive and he likes control. And he also thinks there needs to be a Canva presentation for absolutely everything. But <laughs> again, that's just me. Of course. Okay. There's no other way to do it. No, yeah. there isn't. How can you stay organized <laughs> if there's no slides? I don't get it. <laughs> I feel like um, your opinions of this might change. I don't know if you've ever had like a direct report before, but I feel like I was similar until I had um, an intern that reported to me. And now that I have someone that I can like offload things onto and assign things and delegate, I'm like, take it all. Like, I'll take all the help I can get. So I feel like I'm interested to hear how your experience changes um, post like manager role. <laughs> I would be a horrible intern, like manager. Um, and maybe I shouldn't say that because maybe, I don't know, maybe someday when somebody's snooping the internet to hire me, <laughs> they're going to um, find that. They're going to find that. But I say that because I would be, I would be too chill. Like I'm mm. the person that's always like, I need to make sure you're having fun. Like, and if you're not having fun, give me the work and I'll stay up all night to do it just to make sure you're having fun. Um, that would make you a like, great intern manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, but also not, not so great at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm learning a lot. Friendly's challenging me in a really, really unique way. Um, and I think that's why I'm just really excited to see where it goes. Um, because I know, like, I've, I don't know, I've lived like 22 years. Like, being uncomfortable in most cases is usually a good sign. So... I, I feel like there's I'm doing something right by being nervous about it. Definitely. I'm glad that we got to dig a little more into Friendly because I think similar to the people that have interviewed you, I was kind of like, what is this? Like, it sounds so cool, but I need to know more. So I'm glad we had the chance to dig in. I'm curious to ask you a little bit about your music career now. Um, so when yeah. did you start making music and kind of like, how would you describe your musical style or like genre, any like major inspirations? Just kind of curious to ask about that. like artistic side yeah um so this is the part where I'll probably get really awkward because I for some reason talking about it still feels very like weird because I think I don't want to come across as the person who's like oh I want to be like a musician or like I want to be like this it's actually just like what I like to do and it's mm -hmm. very just like simple and fun and enjoyable like I almost I want people to take it seriously but almost at the same time like we can like not like like when I release a song like I don't think it's gonna get a Grammy I don't think it's gonna like do well like I just want to actually just share something I worked on and so long story short every single comment in the books I've heard it about the music and everything um, but I'm still with it because I started a long time ago as a very stubborn child and so my parents put me into guitar lessons because I really wanted to do that um and then I really didn't like somebody else telling me how to do it and so I quit and then I decided to teach myself because I just wanted to do that and I've always been the kind of person that's motivated by people telling me I can't do things so I learned to do it um that way and then uh and then again the stubbornness in me was like I don't want to play other people's songs I want to play like my own and I wrote some god awful songs. Um, there, <laughs> and this is actually funny. Um, there's stuff that that was once out there that is purposely no longer out there. Um, for sure, if you've followed me long enough, you could probably name those things. But anyway, uh, it stuck with me for a long time because one of my favorite pieces was actually just realizing how much more comfortable I got with it. Um, I only have one album out right now. I've actually done three albums total. 
Um, the first one, I wrote music that I thought people wanted to hear, and it was so, so bad, you guys. Like, it was actually awful. Um, and then the second album, I would argue, was, like, a little, little better. Um, but I started to, like, go through things, and I started writing music that I actually didn't even release because I didn't want to share those things. Like, I wanted to paint a better picture. Like, again, the fake confidence thing. And then the last time I did, like, documented so much more of my college years, and I wrote about things that I never thought I'd be able to comprehend, like, about myself. And I wrote about things that I still hope, even though I know they listen to it, but I still hope my parents never hear. And, like, I, I released all that, those sort of things because I was like, you know, this is what was fulfilling to me. Like, this is how I processed my college years. Like, this is how I did it. And again, it's not going to win a Grammy and it's produced in my bedroom. It's not like the best sort of stuff, but for some reason people like vibed with it. And so a couple of years ago when I toured, um, I like went to new cities I'd never been to before. And there would be people there who showed up and they knew like these lyrics to these songs I wrote in my bedroom. And I was like, this is like a mind boggling thing. And you always hear artists say that like, oh, it's like crazy. Like, no, it actually hits like a string in you that is just so exclusive to that feeling. Um, and it like blew my mind. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go on hiatus because that's going to make it really hard for me. Like all I want to do is keep writing and stuff. But I was like, but keep writing, Jacob. And the next thing you do is going to be crazy and big. And then quarantine hit. And then I was like, oh God, like, what, how do I do it? What do I do to fill my time? And then I wrote a project that I was actually insanely proud of. And I wrote it within like two weeks, whereas I took like two years to do every album before. Um, and it was just, it was like the most, I don't know, it was, a, it was a really cool thing. I wrote five songs and it basically documents how I went from being so obsessed with someone that you don't recognize yourself anymore to feeling so good about yourself that you respectfully couldn't care less about them anymore. And it was really fun to write that because it, it doesn't sound like a like one track thing, but if the lyrics would make sense as just like a single track. And so it was a cool kind of different approach. And I think that re-energized me. And then as I'm working with other artists who are very much closer to an album than I am, I'm getting excited about it. And like, I've been writing a lot, but the sound is very, I don't know. There's been a ton of different like influences. I grew up mostly on like, if you went like into a Starbucks in the early 2000s, the kind of music that was playing there, like the fray and the script <laughs> and your body is a wonderland, like those kind of songs. That's with the occasional like sexy back, Justin Timberlake. That's, um, that's the kind of influence that I had. So I think that's what I always try to go for, but I don't know. I never like to compare mm-hmm. or like even say there's a similarity because there's no way that would be an insult to artists. I love to say that there's a similarity, but, um, but that being said, I really, I really like what I, what I do with music and I wish more people, I don't know, honestly, everybody, I think everybody should write a song and put it on Spotify. It's a, it's a weird, like sort of feeling, even if you like, even if you think you suck at singing, like I'm, I'm no amazing singer, but it's just, it's so much fun just to like be creative in that sense. So anyway, um, that answered your question, I think. I'm like, let us know if Anya and I should drop <laughs> some new music. You guys should. Do like a collab. No, that would be that would be cool. I would stream it. I would stream it. <laughs> Kyle and I are both dancers, so I think we t- yeah. we tend to stay on that other side of music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wait, that's so funny. Like, I actually, my aunt owns a dance studio, and so I grew up, I liked it, but I almost was, like, forced to be mm. a part of that. 
And so I think that actually was a huge influence musically because I knew like, okay, I knew like I had understood like the way a song works Mm -hmm. because I grew up counting to eight, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was, it also just made me like so unapologetic because there are God awful videos of me in like a little like kindergarten like tap like mm. it was bad I actually taught hip-hop for a year or two in high school so wow he's so multifaceted <laughs> I I don't the way I dance now my friends would probably say tell you I can't dance but I don't know I think it's so much fun no actually no I take that back nobody can't dance everybody can dance because there's no right way to dance so I'll just say that in defense of myself yeah. <laughs> that's a fair point um, so it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like your most recent release that you did is probably your top favorite of everything. And I'm curious if you have a favorite within those five songs, or it sounds like it's almost best listened to if you listen to it all as one. So how would you suggest people, what would you point people to with those five songs if they went to listen? Mm, that's a good question. Well, the first song is like my favorite lyrically, because, um, I just wrote some lines in there that I'm actually like really, really proud of. And I would hope some Visco girl has on their wall somewhere. <laughs> um, and then there's a song, I think it's the middle one. It's called Canyon Drive. It's like kind of my, my favorites that I've ever sort of done. And it just, it was very much like a split second of my life that I wrote a three minute song about, like if you had to speak about it for three minutes. Um, and it was a really challenging one. And then the last song is actually, it's called Hummingbird. And it's actually it's so like not something I was petrified to release it. Um, Cause I like the end is very different for me. Um, and it's very like, just like playful. And I've always taught, I've always made my music very serious. Like ask any of my friends, like if you listen to a Jake Brewer album and take a shot every single time I say cry, you'll be drunk by track three. Like that's usually just like how it works. But for some reason I wanted to like write something really happy. And so I don't know. It's, it's definitely like the, the best part of it, I think, is the progress of the full EP. But um, and I never got to tour it, which is really sad. So I'm really, I'm really excited for the day that I get to, um, I get to put that on a stage. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have all that linked down below so that you guys can head over and listen. To- um, and I was thinking about that, how COVID must have affected like your music as well. So hopefully things improve and you're able to tour with that soon. I hope so. I hope so. I kind of want to move into our section about how you balance all of this. I feel like we've done a good job detailing like Jacob does a whole lot of stuff and also did school and also, you know, is a person that has friends and does life. And I'm really curious if you have any advice about how to balance everything and especially like balancing a creative pursuit on top of school, on top of other things. Like if people have something that they want to do, but they feel like they're handling a lot, like what advice would you have for them? Yeah. Um, well, I really appreciate all those really kind words. Um, but I also feel like I'm very much not qualified to give this <laughs> sort of advice yet. But um, what I would like encourage you or you and just everybody listening to think about would be you are going to make time for what you want to make time for. So if something feels like an, a real like extra challenge, Think about why it, why is it challenging? It won't necessarily be because it's like the wrong thing to pursue, but there's something holding you back from that. It's kind of like, I can never just, oh, I'm going to write a song. I'm going to sit down and write a song. It's only when something sparks. It's only when I want to like write. It's very sporadic. It's 
usually like in the middle of the shower, you have to like end your shower early because you want to write this one thing down. It's usually like that. And so if you sort of follow your passion and what you want to make time for, it's going to come so much more naturally and it's going to be so much more enjoyable. And so, and I've been there. I used to be somebody who would plan out my day minute by minute. Like I would legit spend an hour every single night going from three o'clock to 3.15 tomorrow, I'm going to put in my first load of laundry. Like I used to be that sort of person. Yeah. And it still works. It still works. It still works for some people. And I wish I could work like that, but it got to a point where then even like, I was like, Oh, even what I enjoyed doing didn't really give me much joy. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's not a universal solution to that, but think about what you make time for and why you make time for it. Um, And also just like know yourself. I've been forcing myself a lot lately to go, you know what, Jacob, you don't need to always work on something when you watch TV. You don't have to multitask like that. You can actually just sit down and watch an episode of TV. Like, that's okay. That's a normal person thing to do. So I really just encourage people to think there's no solution to time management. There's just the best way for you to manage your time. And it takes a lot of time to figure that out. I'm still not there. So um, again, I I guess that's not something super tangible for people, but figure out why you make time for certain things. Yeah, for sure. And I'm curious because you kind of started to talk about this, but what do you like to do to unwind or when you tell yourself, nope, I'm not working. I don't have to multitask. I need to take a break. What are some of your go-to self-care, I guess, things? Yeah. Well, I actually really like skincare. I've been doing that a lot lately. I don't know if you can tell. Um, <laughs> you look great. But, uh, Glowing. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, I've like read a lot lately. I don't know where that came. Um, I read a lot of political books lately because I feel like it's very relevant and I feel like there's a lot to learn there. I actually just started, um, I'm going to be one of those annoying like, like, oh, like good habit people when I say like, don't look at your phone before bed for like 30 minutes or so. So like we should listen to those people because that was my New Year's resolution was to not look at my phone 30 minutes before going to bed. So I'm actually reading Barack Obama's book right now. And just I'll just tell everyone, if you read about Barack telling him how he fell in love with Michelle before you go to bed, you will have the best night of sleep you have ever had. Like that just that is just like changed the way that I sleep and I'm just so much more rested. So that's the way I'm I'm doing self-care right now. Do you watch um, Skincare by Hiram on YouTube for all his skincare tips? No. I, I'm uh, pretty sure. I won't shout them out. I'm pretty sure I use, like, somewhat of, like, a janky, like, skincare thing. Yeah. But it, it worked. It worked. <laughs> it's like a regimen, too. So I, there's no decision-making, which is probably a theme at this point. Like, don't leave it up to me to decide what to use. Just tell me, like, this bottle in the morning, this bottle at night. Well, if you're ever feeling creative with your skincare you should check out skincare by Hiram he like my whole skincare routine is because of him I trust him with my life at this point Um, okay yeah he's great so definitely if you need if you're ever like I I wonder what happens if I add this product he probably has the answer for you Mm -hmm. amazing amazing I'm in all right that's what I'm doing once we're done (laughs) that in your uh, birth chart for astrology yes (laughs) <laughs> yes, I have to I have to do a rising one. Yes. I learned that. Yep. <laughs> I think our final thing is just um what's one thing you want our listeners to take away from this episode before we get into the this or that? Wow. I know. It's um, a loaded question. 
Yeah. And oof. Okay. One thing I want people to think about. Okay. I actually have one. Um, is to support your friends who are doing things. Mm. Um, and by that, I mean, if your friend is starting a business or something, be their first order. Like if your friend wants to pursue something, be that number one cheerleader, because it's going to be a very small investment of your time for a huge payoff of their time. Um, and it's, it's and I, right now is a very difficult time to give advice because I am living an experience that is completely different from the person next to me, the person next to them, the person next to them. There's no universal advice that can possibly be given right now. Um, and it almost feels wrong to try to do that. So I say like, just support other people in a way that is almost, even if you think it's not going to make a difference to them, it is going to make a difference to them. Like I had a job interview the one, one day I told my friend about it last week and they texted me right before and was like, I know how hard you've worked for this. You're going to kill it. That just changes the way I feel about like everything. And I don't feel like we talk enough about how much those sort of instances make us feel. So support other people um, because that is the most fulfilling thing that you will ever have. Knowing that you can have an impact on somebody like that makes you feel so much better about yourself. And guess what? Then they're going to do that to another person. And then that person's going to do that to another person. There's just, I've said this too much lately and people are going to roll their eyes at this, but like, it's so cheesy, but just spread the love. Like, come on. It's not, it's not that hard. It doesn't mm -hmm. take much time, but it goes a very, very long way. Yeah, it definitely does. Just like even with us and this podcast, whenever a friend texts me and says like, oh, I just listened to the episode, loved it. Like it, it means so much, even though right? like, you might not think it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it goes, it goes such a long way and it, and it just, it makes you so excited to do the next episode. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. And, and we never tell them that because it's always like, oh, like, okay, thanks. Like that's the text we send. But in our hearts, we're like, that is the validation I needed today. Right. Exactly. Um, so before we hop into our game of this or that, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? I feel like you're on a lot of platforms. So where do we direct them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I tried my best to make my handles like universal now. Um, it's at Jacob Winberg on Instagram. It's at friendly media on Instagram and Twitter. It's also, uh, I have two Twitter accounts, my professional ones at JB underscore Wittenberg. My music one is at Jake for music. And I also, um, am on TikTok now. You guys, I had a TikTok that blew up. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually tell me if this is, it got 120,000 views. No, that's blowing yeah, that's up. Blowing up. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I am on every Taylor Swift fans algorithm now. Love that. Um, it's a good place because, to be. Right. Um, no, I love, I love the Swifties. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, cause I, I, I very much enjoyed folklore and evermore. Mm -hmm. So for some reason that that's just the video that happened to do well. It's also at Jake music on TikTok. Um, I'm working on that little community. It's a good time. Um, but also friendlymedia.com. If you're going to go to one place, friendlymedia.com. Awesome. Nice. So now we're going to close it out. Like we do with every guest, we're going to play this or that. So you guys remember the drill. Jacob has not seen these questions real candid off the cuff. So, Kylie, why don't you kick us off with our first this or that? Yeah. So our first one is Spotify or Apple Music? Oh, this is controversial because I have music, but Spotify. 
So I'm curious, who was your number one artist on your Spotify wrapped? It was Len and Stella. Mm, I, I have it. faith. I have faith we're going to get married one day. <laughs> She's in a very happy relationship right now, and I'm very happy for her. Let that be on the record, though. <laughs> All right. The next one is walk along Newberry Street or walk along the Esplanade? Newberry Street, because the ducks on the Esplanade scare me. Or I guess they're geese. They're not ducks. But they, they horrify me. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Those are two places in Boston for our international listeners. Yeah, so the next one is meet your ancestors or meet your descendants. Why do I not know the difference? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, no, ancestors are like... Before you. Yeah. And de- descendants are... After you. Oh, really? Yeah, like your ancestors are like people in like your ancient family line that came before you and your descendants are like if you could go to the future and like meet your great 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 grandkids oh let's say let's say ancestors I think my kids are gonna scare me because they're (laughs) gonna be so much cooler than I am but fair enough I would also say ancestors mostly because I don't want to see the state of the world like in a couple generations that's also a good answer amen (laughs) all right the next one I well, we drafted this not knowing that you you had lived in so many places. So I guess it makes it even more interesting now. East Coast or West Coast? Oh, I'm going to answer this solely based on where I see myself living, not where I love. The East Coast. And like, what's the difference in your head, like between those? <laughs> um, the East the East Coast is just so much more unknown to me, mm-hmm. and I very much like. Or I'm attracted to what I don't know. So there we go. And then the last one is Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Sorry to the TikTok crowd. TikTok stresses me out. It takes me an hour to make a video because I always accidentally delete it. Instagram's a little more straightforward and I got the group down. Yeah. I I feel like for me, like TikTok as a user, mm-hmm. but Instagram as like a poster. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like TikTok has, like, the good vibes of, like, it doesn't have, like, the same toxicity that, like, other platforms do. Like, it's just, like, fun. But Instagram is a lot more straightforward to post on. And people are very nice on TikTok. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just where I am. Also, my For You page is very much, like, babies and dogs for some reason. <laughs> like, Franklin on TikTok is the majority of yes. my For You page. Um, and like that's Yeah. So, that's just, so maybe I'm just on, like, the nice side of TikTok, so... I don't know. People people are very nice on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that concludes this episode of Two Degrees Hotter. You know what to do. Follow us on Instagram. Send us an anonymous suggestion in our suggestion box. And I think that's about it. Thank you so much, Jacob, for being on the show today. Thank you both so much. This was so great. And congratulations on your show. Yes, we're excited to see the season two premiere of Groundbreaking. And we will link everything down below for you guys to follow along with Jacob going forward. All right, guys, we'll see you. Well, talk to you. We always do that next Tuesday. (laughs) Bye, guys.